0: They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. You have a singing <laughs> lesson next. I do, yes. What? I have a singing lesson what are you learning singing for any specific purpose Um,
1: no not for any uh, specific purpose sounds like I need speech lessons as well to be honest but Mm -hmm. um just I've always loved singing and I've never had singing lessons I sang in a choir for a bit um Mm -hmm. and so obviously I moved three just three months ago now um and just looking around for things to get involved in and thought why not give it a go so yeah uh, I've had two lessons so far. So this will be my third, um, and it's actually quite difficult. <laughs> I think I've yeah, got a yeah. few songs, but yeah, it's not like that. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I've, um, I mean, I, I did sing in a choir as well. Nice uh, when I was much younger. Yeah, you know, and I, and as many, many times over the last sort of decade of podcasting and stuff, my dulcet tones have appeared on this, uh, but you know. I only save it for a special occasion. So, but I mean, I'll just nat- start, hmm?
1: maybe start doing covers of chants.
0: Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the trouble is, Nick sort of started doing that years ago when he, tro- he was trying to get a Joel Ward chant going, and he's kind right. of ruined that for everybody by, well, just being Nick, really about the whole thing.
1: Doesn't sound
0: like Nick. No, no, exactly. Um, I better be not be too unkind. I mean, if this makes the show. He got slightly okay. upset about the fact I said he had no in a monologue, didn't he? So just use his back of the nest chat as, as the equivalent. <laughs> didn't change though, did he? Didn't change no, no he did
1: not take that on board, no.
0: no. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. powered by fans.
1: Alexa, play back of the nest podcast. Playing back of the nest cpfc podcast from amazon music back of the nest now on your alexa device and amazon music
0: hello and welcome to the back of the nest match report i'm chris hambling and with me is cara hello cara
1: hello how's it going
0: yeah all right we've got to talk about crystal palace losing 3-1 to aston villa despite being 1-0 up in the 87th minute are you looking forward to it
1: Oh yeah, I've yeah, honestly been I think the reason that we're not recording until Monday is because I've been so excited about doing it that I couldn't quite control myself. So
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I me me too. Me too. Um obviously I tried to get the uh podcast recording going several times over the last couple of days, but um it was just logistics, wasn't it? We were too busy at the wrong time. It was just, you know, I was traveling and I don't know I just don't know what got in the way. I mean Mike hasn't even turned up because he's still too excited. Um and that's the shame of it all. <laughs> so um no look it wasn't it wasn't the best of, uh, of performances and we'll talk about some of the reasons why. I think you know uh, early spoiler um some chickens coming home to roost I think um but we'll see won't we? Um but some good news uh, um in and amongst the other things with Palace other other Palace teams not losing uh, which was Wait. nice. So Palace women drew one-one away at Sunderland. Um, that's following a, a pretty impressive nine-one demolition of, of Durham in the previous game. I think Elise Hughes um, scoring quite early on, eight minutes in against Sunderland. Uh, they got a last-minute goal to uh, for the game to be drawn. But Palace still top of the league. Elise Hughes has six goals in four games. Um, um, don't play again until the 30th against Sheffield United. You've been watching, obviously, a fair bit. I'm not sure you managed to catch the Sunderland game or you saw some of it, maybe?
1: Bits and pieces, bits and pieces. Yeah, I was on the move. Um, and I think overall, it's still looking positive. Uh, I mean, we're unbeaten. Um, Sure, there's a few draws in there, so we're not winning every game. But um, I think we are um, third in the league, actually. I think just two teams have jumped above us. But uh, they're both drawn on nine points, so we're only a point behind uh, those top spaces. But, yeah, no, all in all, I think really positive performances and, like, just a mistake there at the end leading to uh, um, taking away one point instead of the three. But I think we are kind of head and shoulders above where we were, um, last year, just in terms of kind of they look really confident, I thought they did look a little bit leggy at times during this game, but I think in in general really well organized um mm. and I have completely forgotten her name, but we've got another uh, loan signing from Chelsea just come in this week as well um oh
0: uh, Watson, I've forgotten her first name it was someone someone Watson. yes that's yes. yeah my my brain um, saw it and I, yeah
1: yeah, my brain saw it and thought I should write that down because i'm I'm gonna forget her name, and then I didn't and I've yeah. forgotten her name. So um but yes no just another I think we said it before but just another kind of vote of confidence in the club I think that those kind of top um academies and top clubs are choosing to trust us with their low knees. So um yeah, yeah for sure going into the break. Yep,
0: yeah. and uh yeah it's nice to see um you know even though they were pegged back late on they didn't then concede another two goals um and uh you know capitulate. So that was nice to see wasn't it? It was Lucy Watson as the as uh, the was the player you have taken on loan so yeah good stuff so yeah building a good reputation um doing really well with this kind of new look team with a uh, new manager which has been good to see um so the other um well the academy teams played it was uh under under 21s with a very impressive result in the Premier League cup beating Borough uh, 6-2 in the end um highlights to on the palace site if you want to see it because it was pretty impressive but um Palace, it was actually, I think it was a stroke at half-time. Maybe that Justin Devaney scored to make it 1-0. Um, you know, first, I think it was his first goal since he joined us from Airdrie. Um, so, yeah, making a good impact at that level. So of going 1-0 at half-time. I don't think you expect the end result to be 6-2, but it was. It was uh, two goals from Ola Adebomi, um, a couple from uh, Mathieu, who obviously tried this B. Uh, joined us fairly recently. A couple of really good goals from him. And Captain Sean Green scored um, about nine minutes from time to make it six. Callum Kavanagh uh, scored for Borough, a couple for them. Um, I need to now look up if he's related to Graham Kavanagh. He used to play for Borough because that's how my brain works. And I won't be able to do anything else until I do it. So next time I ask you a question, if my eyes glaze over, it's because I'm I'm Googling Callum Kavanagh to see if he's related to Graham Kavanagh. And then I'll nod and go, yeah, mm. yeah, he was related. I, so, and I, you know, I won't even try and like weave it. Do you want to in. just do it now? Yeah, shall I do it now? Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Yeah, go yeah, get it out of the way. So um, Callum yeah. Kavanagh it is. Callum Kavanagh. Do you remember Graham Kavanagh? No. <laughs> Sorry. It's a shame. He had uh, he, one, of the, one of the players who sort of prematurely grade, so he was a bit of a silver fox playing for Barra. Oh, very nice. Yeah. He is the son, Callum Kavanagh is the son of former professional footballer Graham Kavanagh, who played internationally for the Republic of Ireland. He was born in Cardiff when his father was playing for Cardiff City. So there Good you man. go. I I'm, I'm, I i am don't know if I'm impressed with myself or appalled at myself, so we're going to move on. Um, the under-18s um, uh, also didn't lose. Uh, they were playing away at Leicester. Um, Matteo uh, Dashi, which is a one of the best names um, currently in the academy. Um, you got to like that. We'll open the scoring from yet another Jesse Derry assist. Um, Jerry Terry can use his real name. Him.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Nobody yeah, you Jesse. No, and do you know what? I, I don't know if you could detect it there in my enthusiasm, but I'm starting to regret the whole Jerry Terry Derry thing because <laughs> he seems to do something every week, and I have to say it every week. And anyway, um, okay. but it was. Um, <laughs> um, but it was it was uh, Yassin Toure who scored for, for Leicester to equal us. Do you think he's related to one of the Toure's? Sure. The should we just one? say
1: they all are? I think we should. Yeah. It's just one yeah, big right, football family tree, I think.
0: Yeah. Excellent stuff. All right. Good. So um, hmm, I haven't heard of a dashi before though. Anyway, I'm going to move on because um, we need to get on. We're talking about Palace uh, in More detail, uh, sadly. Um, So, look, it was another of those games. Um, You know, first half has not been a happy place for Palace. 26 out of 38 didn't score last season. Five out of five this season. You know, they're starting to follow a predictable pattern. But we can't really talk about the game before we talk about the, you know, the late issue that came up with Roy Hodgson being taken ill um, just before the game uh all sorts of rumors as there often are with these things right at the start. lots of people saying oh you know Roy's had a heart attack and all this kind of stuff don't know if you got got caught up in that particular uh rabbit hole Cara but um I,
1: did. I avoided it because I'm quite susceptible to believing them so I was like do you know what yeah, I'm just gonna yeah. be sensible I'm gonna wait otherwise I'm gonna convince myself that Roy's actually passed away and they just don't want to yeah. tell anyone yet so um thankfully no, it sounds like that isn't the case <laughs>
0: Yeah, it it was yeah, it seems to to be that um you know he was just feeling quite unwell. Um and is now feeling slightly better and, and fingers crossed uh, very much on on the mend. Um there are no real details other than that. Obviously you worry, you know, 76 years old still managing a Premier League team, high stress, high pressure, you know. Um but but it, it, you know again, the good news is Roy seems to be okay. He was in contact with the coaching staff throughout um, and, yeah, fingers crossed he gets back on the touchline soon. That's the main thing. Um, I know a couple of uh, other accounts took some stick because they heard the news early, posted praying hands with a picture of Roy Hodgson, and that, I think, caused quite a lot of the, the angst. Um, yeah, but there you go. So fingers crossed it's, um, yeah, yeah, that's nothing I think that's he- too much more to say on it than that.
1: We can just assume that he just got really sick thinking about another Palace first half and then he went into the game and it turned out it was probably better that he missed it.
0: (laughs) Well, exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. There's, There's the kind of mischievous part of my brain really wanted to say you could tell he was in touch with this coaching staff because we didn't make a sub uh other than the injury until the 90th minute um but that that feels a little mean in the circumstances i genuinely you know I, I have to say watching the game i wished he was there i wished he was on the sidelines because i don't think he would have had anything too positive to say about how we approached the first half for, for a lot of the game some of it were okay you know and, and i think that's been been the 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 feature of the season so um in terms of the lineup we were forced into some changes and I think it starts to expose the you know the the lack of squad depth to some degree um but we'll talk about the other part of that uh, a little bit later on but so obviously Chris Richards came in for Mark Gay, who was injured on on international duty um I think Roy Hodgson was saying pre-game that it was uh, an injury he's kind of been playing with recently that was aggravated, which again is worrying a little bit, I think. Um, it's annoying as well kind of that he then
1: maybe. went and played, right? I think if you're like, yeah. I get I get it, I get that you, you're not, and I wouldn't wish upon him missing an international fixture, but I don't know, I, I would have liked a little bit more caution there, I think, and rather than now missing out on however many games he's going to miss out on for us.
0: Yeah, I, and I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because it wasn't, it was last week, week before maybe when the, the story broke from Galatasaray that their club doctor was more than a little critical of, of Palace, you know, having Wilf play through injuries and pain and said it really had taken its toll on him. And, you know, you know, having, having, again, I know players do play through injuries all the time, otherwise there'd be somebody out every week with a knock or something like that. So they are giving, you know, Couple of parasites, I am told to get on with it quite a lot, you know. And then the magic sprays come out, but, um, yeah, I, you know, again, it's it's a it's a worry, like you say, that that you, the club misses out because of the country. And I know that hasn't always been the case at some of the top clubs. Um, I don't begrudge him the cap like you, but um, but yeah, I don't like to see it, especially as the the second game was a friendly. You know, he'd already played ninety minutes, um, so so why why do it? Yeah. Um but yes, yeah, so that was that was one change of course and Lerma also picked up an injury uh, on international duty. Uh hamstring, I think it was, and not really been talked about how serious, but you know, they can be weeks rather than days, and sometimes they can be months if it's a tear, so that's also a concern. I thought Hughes and Richards who came into the side actually did pretty well. Uh two of our stronger performers, but we'll talk about one of the little aberrations that Richards had in the game and whether we actually think it was an aberration or not. Um, Because maybe we have differing opinions on that again, Cara. Oh, well, yeah,
1: maybe we do. Let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. Let's not not give any spoilers away.
0: (laughs) No, exactly. (laughs) So, look, my my tally of four in a row with the same team has been broken, but it did obviously take injuries to achieve that. And, um, yeah, the the first change that I anticipated in this uh, sequence of games um, hasn't happened. So, Jeff kept his place. And uh, and 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 on we went. Um, but of course, we picked up uh, an injury. With Jordan you 25 minutes in. How much of a blow is that? Not just in this game, but you know, if it's a serious injury for the season.
1: Yeah, I think there's no doubt. Like, if it is a serious injury, I mean, uh, Paddy McCarthy said I think it was in the post match pre- press conference that they think on first sight it looked like a dead leg, and I don't know if we've had any more information. Mm. Uh, since then. Obviously, if it is that, then slightly easier to come back from than if it's anything more serious. So like, undoubtedly, if he misses another couple of games on top of the other injuries we've got, it's a, it's getting close to being a bit of a disaster. But I did think, I, I didn't dislike how we played when he went off and Mateta came on. It's obviously we were forced mm-hmm. into that rather than it being uh, a choice. So I wouldn't expect that we would see it. Too often going forward, if he does come straight back into the team, um, so I, I don't, I don't know how much of a blow it was. I mean, I guess if you then go to the last ten minutes of the game, would he have provided a little bit more defensive cover um, than Mateta, quite possibly? But I mean. That was for 10 minutes of the game. I, I don't think he would have offered yeah. too much more going forward than, than how uh, Mateta ended up linking up with Edward in the end. So I think for today, for, for Saturday's game, sorry, not too much of a disaster, but a worry certainly if, if if he's out for a while.
0: Yeah, I think you make a good point, actually. You know, that Mateta on there with Edouard, that, that was obviously the link up for Palace's first goal. Uh, with with Mateta showing really good strength uh, and putting the ball across and Edouard showing that that great finish and we'll talk about Ed- Edward in a, in a little bit, but going back to what you're saying in, in terms of Mateta, he does have a, you know add another dimension and I, I can't help but feel again, and the, the knives are out for Jeff this week, but I can't help but feel if IU stays on the pitch, you know, Schlup doesn't have to come over and cover on the right um, and, you know, uh, Mateta coming on that could, could have, could have led to, you know, you know, that, formation that system working a lot better as it was we were putting kind of square pegs, pegs and round holes and having to cope. But we did pretty well with it. I you know I'll give credit where it's due. I, I kind of thought when iu went off you see you know a buys on the bench, got Rex Saki on the bench and you're thinking, actually, you know, let's let's chuck on a an exciting, fast, tricky winger. Uh but we we we're just not gonna do that. Um because that's not how up to play. Um, you think about the exposure right back. If we did that, uh, yeah. already Villa were targeting that side. So as much as I felt it was relatively ineffective, I can understand why Schlupp was put out there because it's the defensive side again. That up, you know, up and down the pitch that IU does, Schlupp was being asked to do that as well um, because mm. that is where Villa had a lot of success. So it makes sense, but ultimately it's us having to play to have an opponent's strengths rather than play to our own. And and that's always a little frustrating for me. I mentioned the goal there. Edouard has got four goals this season, beating last season's tally uh, of three. Um, I know you've always been the biggest fan, but what do you make of his resurgence?
1: No, I love it. Listen, I absolutely, I absolutely love it. But and so my concerns before, and I've said it so many times, is not that I, I, I've never thought he's a bad player. He's obviously good, um. But I just was never sure that we'd really seen that he could make that jump into the Premier League, um. And I think fair play to him, and absolutely amazing for us is that that's exactly what he's showing, um, now, um. And I am really like just the the. Even more unexpected than that for me is how well him and Mateta play together. And if you think of like last season, it was all, well, and the beginning of this season, to be honest, it was all like, oh, should it be Mateta or should it be Edouard? Just, you know, slotting into that role. And actually what we've seen is that they can, they, they've, they're they building this kind of really good relationship together. Um, no doubt there's competition between them as well, because I'm sure Mateta would love to be getting those goals. But if you're assisting them, I mean, that's the next best thing, isn't it? And it's far better than... Uh, yeah. Neither of you being on the pitch and neither of you scoring. So, uh, no, I'm absolutely loving it. And I just hope he stays injury free because he's going to get more and more confidence. And there's still a little bit, I think, for me, of those chances that almost take him by surprise a little bit more than I would necessarily want them to. Um, but I'm hoping the more game time he gets, the more confidence he gets, those ones will start um, being on his radar a little bit more than, than they are at the moment.
0: Yeah. I think that's fair. It's, you know it's far from the the perfect striker, the finished article, or anything like that. But it, I think it's pretty obvious that the the coaching staff, the manager, have changed the kind of chances he's getting. That, you know, the way the team plays. You know that kind of whipped in cross, that near post opportunity. Um, you know, playing in the channels, allowing him to run off players. You know, we've given him. You know, the kind of given him more of a striker role. We've asked him to go and play those positions that he's comfortable with, make those movements he's comfortable with, rather than asking him to play as a focal point with his back to goal to bring in others. And you can understand why we were doing that You know, under Vieira and under, under Roy before that when we used other players in that role. That was a, a role in our team because we had people, we needed to bring Wilf into play for, for a start. When Elise was playing and Eze was playing as well, you had to find ways of bringing them in. So that focal point Back to goal, knocking the ball back to them makes sense, but when Wilf's not there, when Elise's is not there, when Eze's playing central, you don't really need to do that anymore. Um, yeah. So that's that's been a big change, and you know he's you know that, that, as you said confidence. If he keeps playing like that, keeps scoring the goals, that confidence goes up. You know the tally could be impressive this season. So fingers crossed yeah. it carries on. So I thought you know once we'd gone one up, you know after starting to play football in the second half for a little bit. Um, To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This has to go down as one of those games where There were two things that really drove me insane. I mean, first, you know, the whole first half, we we even got away with it with a VAR decision. It's very, very tight, the offside um, uh, for for Villa's disallowed goal. And, you know, we kind of, we celebrated that being, you know, being chalked off and then just got on with the game and didn't really think about it again, rather than thinking actually that he was completely left alone in our... You know, in in acres of space, we probably need to make an adjustment here. And it happened three, four, maybe even five times in the first half. Uh, And in the second half, we just kept doing it again. So watching that was frustrating. I think at the other end, Patrick and I had a bit of an exchange during the game on the the back of the Nest chat where Patrick was, I was furious with that and Patrick was furious with uh, Eze in particular, but also, you know, Joe Ward missing an absolutely glaring free header. Um, Yeah, I think I called it 50 and it keeps, yeah, but you know, those are the moments, you know, and we all know it's a cliche in the Premier League, take your chances or you will suffer the consequences, but I, I think it's a case of yes, take your chances, but also, you know, when you get away with something five or six times, you have to learn, you have to shut that avenue down, Villa are a really good side, you know, their home record is excellent. But we we completely failed to shut them down. Do you see that as a, a problem of the change in the centre of defence? You know, both players, I think Anderson kept getting exposed because Ward was, you know, getting absolutely hammered down that flank and kept going out to him. But the fact it was Richards and not Gahey there, despite Richards playing really well, was it just that uncertainty that maybe caused us that, that problem?
1: I think that's an element of it. And I think building into that, is just we really miss not just Gaye's kind of physical presence and his kind of technical skill, but his leadership at the back as well. I think if you look at a gay, like games that gay has been involved in and then that game yesterday, how much the reaction to things going wrong is maybe coming from him and Anderson as well, because he obviously plays that leadership role too. Um, but I think maybe like Rich has had a really good individual performance and like, especially since uh, he hasn't played that much um, at all, really recently since the uh, pre-season. But I don't think, and it's not really a criticism of him because how could you expect him to, but he couldn't then step in and also do that leadership role. And I think that's the bit that we were really missing in those times. And in a t- against a team like Villa who you know are going to adapt, um, are going to keep going, they're not going to give up and, and at some point they're going to break you down. Um, I think you do need that person at the back who is playing that role um to kind of whip you into shape to give you that kind of bit of a in when you know like after the the VAR decision and stuff like that and we just we didn't really have that it was just kind of like you say that was lucky I, it reminded me a lot our defensive performance at several times during the game was almost like those uh defensive performances you'll see in like the knockout stage of a world cup or something you know where it's just like just get in there like click clinging on for like get bodies there <laughs> And we haven't. We don't really look like that normally. We we normally look. Even if we we have individual mistakes and whatever, we normally do have quite an organised way of dealing with those things. And and we just missed that. So I think it is that leadership from Gaye that that was really the kind of the, the big miss from there.
0: I think that's fair. And no, we we do rely a lot on shape. Paddy talked about it after the game. I'll I'll mention his comments in a bit. But Roy Hudson talks about it a hell of a lot. The players always talk about it. They say game plan. They say shape. They have those stock phrases. But that's what it's about. It's about everybody knowing where they should be. And I think at times it does get exposed. And and as you say, you know, with with that lack of leadership, without somebody saying you're not in your shape, you're not where you should be, you know, and having filler finding so much space, I, I think it's clear... Despite what was said after the game, actually we weren't in our shape quite so much, and we didn't fully, um, you know, the game plan didn't work for a large spell of the game, Paddy. It worked for some of the game. Yeah. It's really luck that kind of kept it working, in my view. But hey, you know, some people see that more positively than I do, and that's absolutely fine. I've written in the um in the we'll, we'll talk about the first goal. I mean, but obviously, I was leading up to it, and that was it was a fantastic finish, right from. Duran Duran Um, but he he you know it just had been coming right I don't really have anything to say for it we you can point your finger at probably one of at least a couple of players and say why weren't they marking close but you could point that same finger at those same players and all and other players around the pitch or game and say why aren't you picking your player up it wasn't really anything to analyze other than we left somebody in space and at this time the quality of the finish just, just, just meant you know that was it. There's nothing you can do, and, yeah. and I don't. But I really don't want people. I want people to applaud the finish at the expense of recognizing the terrible defending that led up to it uh, on a consistent basis throughout the entire game. And and that's really all I have to say on that goal. Um, yeah, the second goal yeah, I've written penalty. Oh. Yep. The second goal I've written penalty bullshittery. So. Um, um, let's go. Go on. Do so, you want to go first? <laughs> okay. It, yeah. So obviously, let's get to the point. You you don't think it was a pe- you do think it was a penalty, and I don't. Um, however, yeah, you you put your finger up first. You might get it. However, in first. Do you want your however? Well,
1: so yeah. Go on then. So I when I when we were watching it live, uh, I wasn't at the game, but as in like on on very legal streams. Um, I did not I did think it was a penalty, sorry, because I felt like he, which uh, is, it was a very good tackle apart from the fact that he unfortunately got the player before he got the ball. However, then that night I saw a different angle where you can see um, that it does get uh, kind of tapped onto his foot before he gets the man. But then my point is the reason why I still think it probably should have stayed a penalty is because to override the ref's uh, initial decision... It's not clear and obvious. If you have to watch it so many times to be able to pick out why it's not the decision he gave on the pitch, then I don't think it should be overturned as like a general VAR mm. thing. Um, and he spent ages looking at it. And I, I think, as frustrating as it is, and as much as you know, Joel Ward said afterwards that like everybody on the pitch could see that he got a touch to it first. Fine, but if it's that difficult to pick it out on a screen that it needs to be overturned, then I just, I think it sets a dangerous precedent because we could then be sitting there for every decision to be 10 minutes just because there's one person who can see it and another person can't. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's a really, it's an I unsatisfactory, do, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's where I kind of sit.
0: So I, I I'm I think, you know, similar, similar points to, to one I've kind of ended up on, which is it's, we still got to accept that it's about opinions. And yeah. it's the opinions of several people employed to, give opinions, you know, on, on those decisions. It does feel to me like I can see what's happened. I can see exactly as you say, the on-field decision is penalty for me. That's probably the point where I have a problem Mm
1: -hmm.
0: having to find evidence to overturn it. I can see why you wouldn't because in slow motion, again, watching it frame by frame, you know, there is uncertainty at that point because he doesn't scoop the ball straight away. I think when you're watching it in slow motion like that, you completely forget that the, dist- the time between him sliding in, making some initial contact around the ball, and then scooping his leg is a fraction of a second. It's an absolute, mm-hmm. so it's one movement. It's not this, then this. So they're looking at it, and you can see by the way they're gesturing and things like that. They're going, he does this, then he does this. And that's why mm-hmm. I can't give, that's why I have to give the penalty. And you're like, no, no, that's one movement. Watch it in full speed. I don't like the fact they slow it down and then they don't go back and watch it at full speed afterwards. The last look before making a decision, watch it at full speed. For the love of God, watch it at full speed. And then you can appreciate the challenge. Anyway, having said all of that, um, I accept that, that it you know, It it can't be a decision that's overturned in those circumstances because it took so blimmin' long to look at it and try to make that, that decision. But I think people, again, they've lost their minds in that situation. Going back to what the error was in my view on that, it's Darren England being certain enough to give it. That's the problem. Him looking at that challenge and going, yeah, definite penalty, because he shouldn't. He should see the touch on the ball from Richards. He should go, no penalty and wait to be overturned because that's, that's how it var should work if you've got uncertainty over a decision give give the basic decision without giving the controversial one that can result in a game-changing situation and that's my view on it and i think that should personally i think going into whenever the next round of var rule changes is i think it should stick with the benefit to you know the overturning should be for the game-changing incident not like not overturning it you know overturning a goal kick and making it a penalty not overturning a penalty and making it a goal kick give it you no know, make make it less controversial less problematic um but you'll never win does that make any sense i rambled but i think i made some sense anyway, I, I think we this, did deserve we think to concede the same that goal. Thing.
1: i think we think the same thing yeah. but we yeah then from different angles yeah 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 but i think i think it's the same point and i think we can all agree on basically what we've said a million times before other countries don't seem to have this problem with VAR, so there is just clearly something wrong in the way that we are uh that we continue to use it so yeah let's see
0: yeah um but yeah i will say i don't i i felt at that point when the penalty was given i didn't even feel like a this massive sense of injustice even though i was Feeling it was unjust that the decision went against us because I just felt we deserved it. I felt we we invited that uh, i can't be bothered to discuss the third one uh, what's the point? They scored another goal it, can it we, though, can, we just, like, can, just can we
1: rewind game. very quickly though because the bit that was yeah. obvious about the penalty was the encroachment, and so that is outrageous that to me is the is the thing i'm most angry about in the game now I don't think it would have changed anything because I think they probably would have scored it if they'd have retaken it anyway so it's not that I think we would have got any advantage from that happening but that is ridiculous mm-hmm. um and particularly because Darren England was being so by the book in like given as a yellow card in that first half for asking for um completely forgotten who it was uh to be booked uh so he's like pulling out the cards left right and center under the guise of like doing it by the book and you have got one of the most obvious encroachments you'll ever see in your life happen yep. joel ward is screaming about it as it happens let alone afterwards how is that not a var going ah, hold on a sec that was yeah come on let's pull that yeah. back that i don't understand and i'm way more angry about that than i am about the penalty or anything else really
0: yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's I, I think I think I was completely oblivious to that at the time because I was just so like we had this coming. So I, th- I, I think I haven't even had an opportunity to be angry about that. But I saw I saw the, the incident later on on social media and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Why? Just why? But I don't have an answer to that. But I, by that point, you know, we've lost the game three one. We've conceded a goal in the 87th minute the 90th plus eight and the 90th plus 11 and i'm just sick you know because it's just awful um paddy said after the game i'm disappointed the players the game plan worked uh, for a large spell of the game but i'm disappointed that we didn't get anything from the game said game too much there paddy um the team shape and the effort were great we knew it was going to be a tough side but the boys who stepped in were great result just leaves a bit really bitter taste in our mouths and that you know support the players by all means it but i I saw a lot of people saying they felt it was a good performance um for me it was abject it was poor um and there were spells where we were good and there's spells where we created enough to win it but i think it's very easy to focus on the chances we missed without thinking about well how, how much filler missed Uh, again the statistics possibly even tell that story properly because they were very wasteful in possession in really good areas as well so i think the injuries had a massive impact on us
1: they had 16 shots villa did uh only put five of them on target um compared to our six shots uh three on target so yeah they were incredibly wasteful um and we were quite lucky with those as we've touched upon but I think I so I don't think it was like an all-round awful performance I think it was very like struggling for identity which is I guess you can understand that with the injuries but that's my main worry going forward now is that we kind of look like we had half of one team and half of another on the pitch um yeah and we're not that far into the season and if we're already looking like that and already struggling this much of injuries then then that's my main concern coming out of it
0: yeah well, it's the last thing I'll probably say on, on on the the game and the show. Really, is that when I, when I'm looking at the the squad and I'm thinking about the picture of you know, obviously we we were in, we didn't make as many signings in the window as we needed, and I just and I and I won't accept any other view on that. I'll be honest. Um, obviously, people are entitled to views, and I'm a big slightly. You know, mischievous there, but I just think it's ridiculous when you look at our squad now. There's, you know, there's been lots of um, kind of retrospective, convo- you know, mentions from both within the club and from fans how you know why sign players to block young players' route to the first team and all this kind of stuff. But they don't play, so I, I don't really accept that. So I, uh, you know, we haven't we haven't made a couple, uh, you know, at least one, if not two, key signings in my view, and a couple of injuries we talked about a few weeks back what's it going to look like um results to me have masked that problem allowed us to kind of once again get away with it and i feel like and i'm sorry to say it because i don't like to be too critical of the club of the, the people in charge so some people are more happy to be critical of those in charge I know, i'm aware Cara. so but i feel like it's this fingers crossed if we get away with it no one will no one will say a word right if the if the first 11 that that roy and the coaching staff want to pick want to pick stay fit no one's going to know and we haven't spent 15 20 million on a player we can you know we cannot spend that money and and it'll be fine but you're going to get caught out it's going to happen we throughout the course of this this, this fantastic spell in the top division there's times where we've got unbelievably lucky with not losing key players you know, but your luck will run out, and I feel like we're in danger of that. We've got a long time. Like I know, Elise says, due back um, in hopefully in a couple of weeks or so. But he's got to get fit. You know, uh yeah. hopefully start training soon, but he's got to get fit as well. And then, you know,
1: and hasn't even played in the India country, country yet. Soon. Sorry, Hamburg no, so hasn't even played in the country yet. So it's like you can't expect those players to come back and then just drop straight in and solve all the all the issues either.
0: No, no, so it's a real concern, but uh, so I was going to ask the question, who's ready to step up to step up, but I sort of answered it in my own notes by saying no one, and part of the reason for that, and i and that's pretty mean because Richards did a good job and Hughes did a good job, but I rate plenty of players who don't play every week like at the squad as decent players, some with really good potential, but we don't use them, so when you have an injury, like it's only that mateta has had you know, a cup game and and you know, scored a hat trick that he's got back into the reckoning. And so he had minutes in his legs when Jordan Ayu went off injured. Yeah. But telling that we we did what we did and we didn't bring on Ibu who's only just got back from injury and has no Premier League minutes in his legs. He's got no he's got, you know, barely an under twenty one half in his legs, I think. And same for for Aki who's just been yeah. on the bench and I'm not saying he's going to, you know, start him, and he's going to be a Premier League star straight away. But that's the problem when you're looking at a squad and people aren't playing. You know, on the fringes, they aren't ready when you put when you pick them. And I think that's the biggest problem we got over the next few weeks. And we'll see where it ends because obviously, some big games coming up.
1: I think I think the risk is that we do a Leicester, because that was Leicester last season, wasn't it? They had these young players, they didn't play them. Um you know, they played the same people. Um a, a different situation, I think they were in much more dire straits than than we are or that we will be in the city se- during as the season unfolds. But now they're in the championship playing their young players because they've sold all the other ones, and it's like well, maybe we can just look at that and be like, okay, we we don't want to do that. Like with Raksaki, I think send the kid out on loan again, give him a championship loan. Um, and, you know, just keep him in scoring ways, because that's the best way that then if you do want to pull him back and you do want to drop him straight in in the Premier League, have him off the back of another like amazing season of having scored a load of goals. He's not going to be in that form if he spends this season sitting on the bench coming on in the 90th minute a couple of times, you know. Um So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. As you said, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. I mean this week 97th minute for Dekurey no 99th minute for Dekurey and 2 minutes later we can see the third goal. I don't know he even touched the ball. So, you know, that's that's just not good for a, for a player like that. But anyway, thank you very much indeed Kara. Uh thanks to everybody for listening to the show and in particular those of you who got in touch and I didn't even pay any attention to you over the last few days. So apologies for not using any listener content or even engaging with you but we didn't we didn't really enjoy the game. So we kind of kind of did this a little bit late, um, so we'll, I'm sure we'll we'll do much better next time because obviously the game is against Fulham. Uh, preview team will be looking at that in the week. Uh, good opportunity at Sellers Park to get three points on the board. I think it's an important game. I think it will tell us a lot about where our ambitions lie because um, Fulham are, you know, they're not a bad team, um, but you know, you, you look at Fulham at home as a game where. You've got to win three points if you want to finish top half. And we said we want to finish top half. So, you know, anything less than that, I'm not going to be happy with. There you go. I said it. So um, be sure to check out our YouTube channel um, directly after the game and before the game as well as previews, player ratings, match reaction. Dr getting sort of purple in the face because Darren England is making him angry, that kind of stuff. uh, Well worth watching. Um, And we'll be back again to review the Fulham game. Hopefully, sort of Sunday, Monday time, something like that, if we feel like. Yeah. And, um, until then. Thanks again. And come on, you palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.